Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's text is Psalm 133, a song of ascents, of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there Yahweh has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. This is also the second to last of these songs of ascent to be sung as Jerusalem was approached for Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Booths. It ties Psalm 131 Psalm 134, and Esther chapter 10 as being the second shortest chapter in all of Scripture when you go by verses. I have not done a word-for-word count in Hebrew to tell you which of them is actually the shortest of the chapters. You have Psalm 117 taking the title at just two verses in length. And for the Psalms, it makes perfect sense. I mean, we think of our own hymnody, The songs that we like to sing, some of them are long, some of them are short. It's the same with the Psalms and the Scriptures as well. Some are long, some are short, some in between. So what does Psalm 133 teach us, coming from King David himself? How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And he's right. Unity is good. Unity is pleasant. If you've ever had the opportunity to experience that, where you and whoever you were with, you were on the same page, to use an American expression there, you have everything in common, you agree with each other, you care about each other. Marriage is supposed to be that way, and unfortunately in our sinfulness often isn't. But so is the bond of brotherhood. And I say that not just blood brothers, but brothers in the faith. And we are to be united. Christ has broken down the dividing walls of hostility, Ephesians 2. Unfortunately, disunity is everywhere, all around us. It's not what we're called to, though. We have one God, and we are one people. Paul will talk that way in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. There is but one Christ, one baptism, one bread that we break. We are the body of Christ. Each and every one of us who confesses Christ as king, who turns to Jesus for forgiveness, life, and salvation, we are family. And so to have those moments where we can be together in unity Let us pray for such things. That's a gift. It is a gift of the Lord to be thankful for. And where we don't have unity with our brothers in Christ, let us strive for it. Again in prayer and also in conversation. 
let's not take our differences and sweep them under a rug as though they don't matter. They do. Let's talk about them and see if, as we study Scripture together, we cannot become even more united in word, faith, and all things. Verse 2 is going to be the picture of ordination from Exodus chapter 29, where the priests were to be consecrated and they would pour oil on, on them. So the priest is the one who represents God to his people, and that is, intercedes between God and men. So bringing sacrifices to the Lord, beseeching God to forgive the people, that kind of a thing. And when they anointed a priest, they would take the anointing oil, which is also described in the book of Exodus, and they would dump it on his head, and it would run down. And so this is the picture of the celebration of God's people. And you talk about unity, not just unity of man and man, but unity of God and man. Now, if you've ever had the opportunity to experience an ordination of a new pastor, those can be some great celebrations. You can look around the room, you can see the unity in the church, you can, you can just feel the encouragement and the joy of that day as that congregation rejoices at having received their new pastor. Now, we don't dump oil on their heads on that day anymore, at least not in Lutheran circles, but it's the same kind of a concept here. Now, that could be a family conversation as well. Have you ever been to an ordination? Or have you ever been to the installation of a pastor? A pastor is only ordained once in his life, but if he serves a secondary call, and by that I don't mean lesser, but he takes a call after his first, and anyone after that. Some pastors stay at one congregation their whole time in the ministry. Others move around every few years. When you go to another call, it is not an ordination again, but an installation. And those can be great celebrations also. So the picture of Aaron, the first high priest of Israel, as the oil would run down his beard onto his robes. The priestly garments described in Exodus chapter 28. Verse 3, a similar picture, to be honest, except for creation instead of man. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. Hermon is a mountain to the north of Jerusalem. If you look at the Jordan River on the map, you have the Sea of Canareth at the north end of the Jordan River. And then you have a small river that comes out of that, and then you have this little lake above that. And then you have a mountain range as you get up there towards the northeast, towards Syria, Damascus. And that mountain range, its chief peak is Hermon. And so here we have the idea that as water would come onto Mount Hermon, as it runs down the mountain, it's going to run into the the lake and thus the river flowing down towards Jerusalem and providing also for the creation there. A unity of creation. As you think of the, the way that water works, even as we consider water working today, right? We think of the rain that comes, it waters the earth, 
does well for the crops, for the plants, and then it evaporates, it forms into clouds, and it rains again. There's a pattern to it, but a united creation. And that's the picture of verse 3 also. And then we get the last statement, for Yahweh there has commanded the blessing life forevermore. There, referring to Zion, commanded the blessing. Might sound like an interesting phrase, but there's truth in it. So blessing is a gift. Well, you could actually see that both ways. Blessing from God to man is a gift. So God commanded that his gifts be given to us in that place. But also, uh, blessing from the inferior to the greater, the superior, from man to God, is thanksgiving. And has God commanded thanksgiving? Yes. So let's do that one as it's kind of the minor side of this. God commanded the blessing. He commanded man to give thanks in Jerusalem, thanks offerings, offerings of thanksgiving. Now, do we do that today? Sure. 1 Thessalonians 5, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Verses 16 through 18 there. We give thanks to God always. This is good to do, and to teach our children to do, to thank God, to recognize that all that we have comes from Him. And that can help us then turn this back the other direction, that God has commanded the blessing, that is, him giving the gift to us. Now, originally, Aaron, the high priest, would have spoken the blessing, the ironic benediction from number six over the people. You get to hear that, hopefully, from your pastor week in and week out at the end of service, the divine service ending with, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give to you his peace. It's actually the divine name Yahweh there in number six. I have not tried, as I speak that benediction in church, to switch that to Yahweh, uh, mostly out of concern that I'll stumble and, and slip up in words that I have memorized. Anyway, God gives the gift. He commanded it. Now, for family conversation, what happened in Jerusalem that gives you life forevermore. And this would be the death of Jesus Christ. And does this have God's command? Well, yes, it does, both in the sense that God sent his son with that mission, that purpose to die on the cross to forgive sin, but also with the idea that God has commanded forgiveness. He's commanded it to us, for us. Our sins are gone because God has spoken. Thanks be to God, and because of this, we get to live forevermore. Thanks be to God for that, too.